Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. The Holy Ghost is here in a mighty way. It's so good to be here and see you all. So good to see so many new faces and so good to see so many faces I get to see and worship with every week. I do want to thank you all so much for the wonderful gifts that were given to the Durances and ourselves and the cards and the kind words. I don't think Ashley had to cook at all this whole week. And I know the Durances are having a great time. I hope Pastor feeds her while she's there. Because if you don't know, Pastor can eat at 8 o'clock in the morning and not eat till 7 o'clock at night. And he thinks that's normal. I said, that's not normal. Normal people eat a lot more than that. So pray that Sister Durance gets fed. I'm joking. I text, uh, was looking at the picture yesterday. I was going to text him. I said, is dad feeding you? You look like you're losing too much weight over there. Uh, So we're glad they're enjoying their time and they're relaxing. And thank you for that, sending them. And you may be seated. And please, please, next week, join us, All Nations Sunday. I promise it's going to be a great day. We have some special guests that will be with us via video. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. And if you have any attire from your culture, please wear it. We want everybody to. My wife did look up some outfits. Was it because I'm Norwegian? Uh, I think Halloween already passed. So pray for our home. I I told her, I said, maybe I can do a cowboy hat and boots. And Sharice told me no on that. So I'm still working on what I'm going to wear. But join us next week. It's going to be great. I want to speak to you for a few minutes here. But on the afternoon on May 20th in 2013, A large and extremely powerful tornado ravaged through Oklahoma with peak winds at 210 miles an hour. It did take the lives of 24 people and injured 212 others. See, the tornado touched down just northwest of Newcastle about 3 o'clock, and it stayed on the ground for 30 seven minutes. If you've never been in a tornado, that would be the longest tornado I've ever been in. And I've been in some tornadoes in the Midwest. And it covered a 17-mile path. That's almost from here to Escondido. And it was over a mile wide, the path of destruction for 17 miles. But in Briarwood Elementary School, one of the first grade teachers named Miss Mays gathered her students, pushed all the desks up against the wall, and put the kids under the desk two by two. And she said, we're going to sing and we're going to play songs. She said, we started singing just the normal elementary songs. And then one of the students said, Can we sing Jesus Loves Me? 
She said, and all the kids begin to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. She said, and she told him, as the storm got louder, sing louder. She said, sing louder. She said, it's okay if in the middle of the storm you get scared, you just scream and you just sing and you just keep singing. And the storm raged and it took down that school. But I'm here to tell you, she says, I believe because we never gave up our song. We, nev- we did not lose one child because we kept singing through the storm. We kept worshiping through the storm. She said, I said, sing louder. And she said, I said, keep singing and keep singing. And she didn't even realize that her foot was trapped underneath the rubble because they had kept singing that song. As the storm ended and the parents came and they, tears weeping down their face, she said, we never gave up our song. And I want to speak to you from Psalms 137 and 3, 137, 1 through 4, I'm sorry. And I want to speak to you that says, it won't take my song. What is it? I don't know what your it is. And we're going to get there. But it won't take my song. Just like Miss Mays, I'm going to tell you, keep singing. Keep singing. When the storm rages through the last year of COVID, keep singing. Don't give up your song. Don't give up your worship. Don't give up your praise. Keep singing through the storm. If you have your Bibles and you turn to Psalms 137 and 1, I will read it here for you. And I believe I'm reading out of the NIV. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars or the willows we hung our harps. For there our captors asked for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing us one of the songs of worship at your church. And the people answered, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? or in a strange land because Babylon means chaos Babylon means chaotic they weren't ready for it it surprised them Babylon means confusion so in the middle of your confusion through COVID through this year, through the chaos. Don't let it take your song. Don't let it take your song. Through the health report that you might have gotten, don't let it take your song. Through the pain in your body that you feel when you wake up, don't let it take your song. Through some broken relationships that you don't let it take your song. God 
Lift your hands with me. We're here to worship you and bless you and magnify you. You're here. Your word is anointed. So use me in a mighty way to bless your wonderful people. God, let me, let me just be a voice. Let me just be a trumpet, a sound of reminder that says, God, through it all, that through it all, that through it all, I'm not giving up my worship. I'm not giving up my song. I'm not giving up who I am in you, Lord. But through it all, it won't take my song. Through it all. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. What touched me about this story is the picture we have of some people who had a wonderful life in Jerusalem. And they had a wonderful worship, and they, they played their harps, and they had choir, and, and they had voices, and singing in the temple, and, and people would shout, and they would praise God. But now the circumstances have changed, and they were taken into Babylon captivity. They were taken into chaos. They were taking their circumstances and their environment changed, and they knew they were going to be enslaved for years. And the Bible said in desperation, in such sadness, it says they put up their harps. I remember when, as a young boy, I first learned to play the piano. And I can't imagine anything so traumatic in my life that I would lay down and never play that piano again. Because I remember when I would first learn to play, and it, maybe it was not an instrument for you, maybe it was a sport, but I would go to my lesson, and I would learn, and I would go home, and I would practice it so much that I would call my teacher the next day, and I would ask them if I could come have another lesson. And I remembered my parents, both, both my parents worked, and, I, and my brother was older than me, and so I was 12, he was 16, and he was working. And I remember it was just me and a little brown piano at the house, and I would just play, and I would sing, and I would worship, and I would cry, and I would have great, I'm, I promise you, at 12 years old, great moves of God right in my house, in my living room, with that instrument. So I can't imagine ever something so traumatic that, it would, that I would give up my song, that I would give up my worship, that I would never pick up that instrument again. I'm so defeated that I would hang my harp up. I've lost, I'm so saddened that I would lose my music. I lost my worship. I hung up my instrument in the worship, in the willow tree, which willow tree is a sign of weeping and sorrow because of what happened in my life. I'm never going to sing again, and I'll never play again, and I'll never worship again, and I'll never have the joy of the Lord. But that's what happened to these people. Their primary instrument was the harp. And they said, we're putting our harps up. We're never going to sing again because our circumstances have changed. And this is so important. When the environment changes, you don't listen to the voice of the enemy. When the environment changes, don't listen to the enemy. So many times when our environment changes, we listen to voices that are not the voice of God. You listen to voices that are not sound voices, voices of wisdom. When things become chaotic, you need to go back to the things that have held you and been with you through thick and through thin. You need to find those people that will tell you the truth, not what you want to hear. 
When things change from positive and delightful to uncertainty and mystery, and you wonder where is God in all this, and why does this have to happen to me, that's when the enemy wants to sneak in your life and say, hang it up. That's when the enemy wants to come in and say, see, I told you God wasn't with you and he wasn't for you and he wasn't beside you like you like to sing. He comes in and whispers to you and says, it's no, no, you're just, God forgot about you. Just hang it up. Just throw in the towel. You're never going to sing again. He says, you're never going to be happy again. You'll never play that song again. And at this point, these people had reached this point and were so downtrodden. I want to remind you today that worship is not something we do. Worship is somebody we are. We are worshipers. And worship is a weapon. The devil's desire is to make us more defensive than offensive. Satan knows more about worship than anyone knows. Satan was the worship leader in heaven before he fell. So let me tell you this. He knows it's our most powerful weapon. He makes worshipers his target. So don't be surprised when he attacks you. But let me remind you that there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Satan was over heaven's worship. He was over the choir. And he knows more about worship than me. And he knows more about worship than you. He knows that if he can defeat us individually or as a church or as a people, if he knows he can steal our worship, he's going to steal our victory. Satan knows that our worship is a weapon. It is not something we do for the first 45 minutes of church to feel good. No, we worship God because as we worship, things change. The atmosphere changes as we worship God. Angels are released from heaven as you worship God. The glory will fall from heaven as you worship God. God, I heard Eli Hernandez say this. The angel's job in heaven is to what right now? What are they doing? They are worshiping God around the throne. If you, and he said, if you want angels to be released in your life and in your marriage and in your family, he said, as you worship God, you take the place of the angels and they can come down from heaven and be released to work in the atmosphere. So what am I telling you? Don't come in here and just give them a little half-baked worship on Sunday morning. If you want the angels in your home throughout the whole week, you got to come into the house and lift up your hands and lift up your voice and work. I think everybody ought to be on their feet because we want angels released in our lives and in our marriages and in our ministries. I'm not content with what I had in 2020. I want the glory like never before, God, so I'm going to worship you like never before. Satan knows our worship is a weapon. He wants you to discourage us from our singing our song. He wants you to lose heart. He wants you to lose your voice of worship. He wants you to lose your love for God. When I think about the most potent weapon that we have in our offensive arsenal against the enemy, it is our worship. There is power in worship. No wonder the devil wants you to acquiesce. And he wants you to hang it up. 
and he wants you to be defeated and say there's nothing to sing about anymore. There's nothing to be joyful about anymore. And we lost all these people through COVID, and I know that's real. But there's, let me remind you, and it's the end of my sermon, but let me give you the, before we even get there, joy comes in the morning. It reminds me of a verse, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, and that you may declare the praises of God who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. These times don't surprise God. He knew they were coming. It caught us off guard, but it didn't caught him off guard. Let me remind you, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. And you are to proclaim the praises of our God. Scripture said that we are a priest. Priests were bridge builders from earth to heaven. In the Old Testament, you just couldn't come into the Holy of Holies. You had to go to the priest, and he bridged carnality and the Holy God. God has called you to be a bridge builder from heaven to earth. How do you bridge? How do you build that bridge? It's through worship. You build it through worship. That's the only way we get from heaven to earth is through worship. So he's called you to be a bridge builder. When we praise God, we build a bridge from earth to heaven. And he broke, Satan broke that bridge of worship. And therefore the only way to build that bridge from earth to the kingdom of heaven is through worship. Because when he fell, the worship fell from heaven. He took a third of the angels with him. It's so important because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means it's here. It's now. It it doesn't mean it's in 25 years from now. The kingdom of heaven is touchable. You can can reach out and grab it. But the only way to go from the visible to the invisible is through your praise and your worship. So if the kingdom of, it's a word of God, if it's at hand, I'm asking you right now, do you want to reach out and get something? Do you want to reach out and touch? Then you got to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost in your praise and your worship. When we begin to worship like Aaron did. Remember he took the censer and when the plaque came and it broke out against Israel, the Bible said he ran and stood between the living and the dead. And he swung the censer so that the incense, so the worship would go up to God. And it kept the plaque from taking all of the people. So you know what you're doing when you get your worship out? You're keeping death away from your family. You're keeping the evil spirits away from your family. You're keeping the enemy away from your family. Look at it. It's not hocus pocus. This is the real thing. For we wrestle not flesh and blood, but we wrestle powers and principalities and darkness. You... You ought to go home. You ought to get in your car and say, in Jesus' name, ain't no weapon formed against my family. Ain't no weapon formed against my marriage. I call down darkness. (laughs) Psalm 68 says, let God arise. And what? Our enemies be scattered. 
When you praise God, the next part says the enemies will be scattered. But how do we get God's attention? We have to praise him. The way that God will rise up in our defense is when we praise him. Because the Bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people. That doesn't mean he just rests above it. That doesn't just mean he comes in here. No, when you praise him, he literally moves inside and he overtakes the atmosphere. I'm not content with him being outside this roof. I'm not content with him being in the lobby, but I want him to inhabit this place. I want him to overtake this place. I want you to move in such a way that the glory cloud comes so strong inside of me, God, that my physical body can't hardly contain it. So two things happen when we praise God. God will arise, and your enemy will be scattered. The enemy runs when you praise. Let God arise, and your enemy, so as you praise, your enemy will be scattered. He runs from us when we're worshiping him, the Lord. See, worship leaders are special targets. I'm convinced. I'm convinced I'm not, I'm sad to say that I'm old enough that in the last 20 years of full-time ministry that I know that worship leaders are targets. I'm not, I'm sad that I'm that old, not that I. And if Brother Green and Pastor can be 40, I don't know what I can be. Or whatever they say they are. God help that lion spirit. Oh, I'm just kidding. Listen, listen. They're special targets. Why? Because they're bridge builders. Everybody up here, all the musicians, all the singers, their worship leaders, this whole team, and while you're still having your oatmeal, they're up here practicing at 8 a.m., and they're ringing down the glory, and sometimes in practice, we're lifting our hands, not as a show because no one's here, but there's something already in the room. The atmosphere is already shifting in this place. So you ought to pray a special prayer over this team up here that comes up week in and week out. Why? Because they're building a bridge for you that you can walk in this place and there's a bridge from heaven and the kingdom of God can just come down that bridge and you come in here with your depression or your anxiety or your problems or your broken heart or your devastated life or the disaster you created and in 25 seconds, God moves in and a miracle starts to happen why because there's bridge builders in this place somebody lift up your voice give God a shout of praise because we want you to arise God and we want our enemy to be scattered Let me tell you, the enemy hates it. Satan hates it when the redeemed of the Lord say so. The enemy gets scared when the redeemed of the Lord stand up and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise and worship so powerful. 
Worship is such a weapon. Second Chronicles says this, chapter 20. Jehoshaphat was going to go to battle. This guy's going to go to battle. He says, where's the spears? Where's the guns? Where's the grenades? Where's the machine guns? And the prophet says, you're not going to fight with those, dude. What? He says, thus saith the Lord, you will not fight with those weapons. But you put the praise singers and the musicians and the choir and the, and the worshipers and the dancers and the singers and the tambourine players. And you put them all up in the front. And he said, worship will be your weapon in this battle. The presence of angels in the battle zone comes when the worshipers are there and the praisers are there. Because praise is God's address. Let me help you here too. Praise and worship brings revelation. Worship will show you who you are and it will remind you who God is. You have to be a worshiper and a warrior, okay? So go back to the story of Joseph and his brother sold him into slavery and now he's at the top of the chain. And there's a huge famine in the land. His brothers are coming to him asking for food, for survival. Okay, Joseph is disguised. He doesn't want them to know. So Joseph disguised himself so the brothers wouldn't know who he is. But the Bible says something that caught me, that caught my attention. It says this. Do you know what made Joseph reveal himself to his brothers? He heard all they needed. He saw how hungry they were. And they were in a famine and they just came to him. But do you know what made Joseph reveal himself? He said, Joseph tells him this, I want you to go back to your daddy and I want you to bring me the baby boy. Okay? But guess who stood up? Judah stood up. And Judah says, it's going to break my dad's heart. You can have me, but you can't have him. And Joseph went behind the curtain and was weeping. And he took his disguise off at that moment and came back out. When Judah stepped forward, the Bible said, Joseph broke. You will see who God is only when the Judah in your life stands up. God will reveal himself. Worship is revelatory. Praise is revelatory. But you ha- the Judah inside of you has to come forward and you have to begin to praise. And from that day forward, Judah and Benjamin were inseparable. They were always together every time. The Old Testament, 1 Kings 12, 21, when the kingdom split, who stayed together? Judah and Benjamin. According to Genesis 49, the prophecy over Benjamin was that he would be a warrior, a ravenous wolf. So let me tell you, you, when your praise stands up, you become not just a praiser, but you're a ravenous warrior. You're a warrior for Christ. You're a warrior in the kingdom. 
That's why some of the best warriors in this house are the sweetest, oldest ladies you'll ever meet that can barely stand up. Why? Because they, their Judah stood up a long time ago when things were tough, when inflation was out of the roof, when they didn't have no money, when they only had beans to eat and cornbread, but they stirred Judah stood up and said, I'm going to praise God through it all. Oh, through it all. Oh, through it all. And you know what? They're a warrior in Christ. And when they lift their hands up and their little fragile hand touches your forehead, there is a glory that comes down from heaven. Why? They built a bridge for 40 years from earth to heaven and the glory transcends. So I'm looking for some Generation Z folks. I'm looking for some millennial folks. I'm looking for some moms and dads that will stand up in this place and let Judah roar this morning. Let Judah be heard this morning. Let Judah come forth this morning. Somebody lift your voice. Let God arise. Let God arise. I see your troubles running. I see your disease running. I see your hurt running. I see your bitterness running. But you got to let Judah rise. If you let me preach... My wife will buy you a Big Mac, I promise. If you praise, you become a warrior. Psalms 50 says this, praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. It seems backwards. Praise should start in heaven and then fill the earth. But God says, no, praise him in the sanctuary. And then... For his permanent power. It has to start down here. Sanctuary. Temple. There needs to be sanctuary. Praise and worship. But it's got to come out of the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So when we gather it's important. Your body's the temple. When you praise God he's going to come. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in here, and he's going to go with you out there. Praise him on Sunday morning here, he'll fill your week. Praise him in here, in your heart, and he'll fill your life. Because Ezekiel saw, what did he see? He saw the throne and the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He saw the lightning flashing. He saw thunder and all power and all might. Do you know the only human thing he saw? He saw human hands. Read it. I don't have time. I know. Your, your stomach is mine. My stomach. Our stomachs together. Popeyes is calling my name. Pray for my children. They don't like Popeyes. I don't know what's wrong with them. The only human thing he saw was hands. In all the glory... The human hands, it's right there within our reach. 
If we'll just worship him, we can enter in to the wheel, in the middle of the wheel, the mobile throne that was going everywhere with lightning and thunder and crashing. And the only thing up there that was human was our hands. The only thing up there is our worship. The only thing up there is our praise. So I want to be right there in the mobile throne that Ezekiel sought. So I'm going to worship him and I'm going to praise him. And you can ridicule me and you can, you can say that's crazy and you can't dance. I know I can't dance, but I don't dance for you. I dance for the one who saved my soul. What was that dancing show back in the 80s or 90s where they used to, uh, what is soul? I, I'm never going to make it on Soul Train. And neither are you. Some of you think you are, but your kids video it and post it. I love following all your kids on Snapchat because I get the real deal. The stuff that they don't post on Instagram that you see, they post on their Snapchat for everybody else to see and laugh. Ooh, I'm going to cause family problems. Here we go, next part. So we got the rolling throne. Praise him in the sanctuary. And then he says something you got to praise God for. Praise him for his mighty acts and his excellent greatness. And then he gives God something, gives us something to praise with. Praise him with the trumpet. Praise him with the stringed instruments. Praise him with the timbrel. Praise him with the dance. Praise him with the cymbals. And on the high sounding cymbals. Well, I'm not a musician, pastor. Okay, hold on. He says, well, this. Do you breathe? Do you have breath? Because then he finishes off and says this. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Let the sanctuary praise him. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet. Praise him with the string instruments. Praise him with the timbrel. Praise him with the dance. Praise him. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. You're either going to be a prisoner of war in this life or you're going to be a people of worship. You could become a prisoner to hopelessness, to depression, to addiction, to defeat, to lies, to fear, to worry, to gossip, to sickness. But I have a choice. And I'm going to choose to be a people of worship because I'm not going to be a prisoner of war to Satan. I have determined, I have decided as for me and my house that I will serve the Lord. I want us to understand that the Bible said that they were in a strange land and this is a problem. They were dealing with things they didn't plan for. It's not the things that we saw coming that trip us up. It's the things we never saw coming that trip us up. I don't know anybody that, and I know we said it before, nobody saw coronavirus coming. Nobody saw the hurt, the division, the pain and, and that was going to happen in our nation. I'm not, I, 
it should not be that you can't say if you're blue or red. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that you're afraid to go in a store that when you come out, you don't know what would happen in the parking lot. But that's where we're at. We're in a strange land. We're in a foreign land. It's the strangest time for people, for individuals, for families, for churches, for our nation. And that's when the enemy whispers to us, hang it up. Don't sing your song. It's when the unexpected happens. But do not allow where you are to define who you are. My circumstances may have changed from being blessed in the temple in Jerusalem. And now I'm at the river of Babylon in chaos. And all hell is breaking loose. But that doesn't change who you are. Your geography does not change your genealogy. Who you are is who you are, and it's not determined by where you are. You can be watching in a hospital room right now, and that doesn't change the fact that you're not here, but that does not change the fact that you're not a child of God. You can be in a situation that doesn't determine who you are. You are still a child of God. You are still royal priesthood. You're still a part of the holy nation. You're not alone. You won't face it by yourself. You're not going through it alone. You don't hang up your harp. You ought to praise him even more in Babylon. You ought to praise him through the situation you're in. Why? Let me tell you a story about some other people, not the, not the ones that hung it up. It's a story we're familiar with. Paul and Silas, in the middle of the night, middle of the night, 12 o'clock midnight, that means at the end. That means darkest part of their life. That means when they gave up on everything. Not only that, they're in prison. They're completely shackled. They've been beaten within an inch of their life. Their backs are tore up. Their faces are bloody. They're in excruciating pain. All of a sudden... One of them starts doing vocal warm-ups, like the praise team does on the way to church. Looks over and says, what are you doing? He says, I'm just warming up. He says, why are you doing that? He said, because I'm going to praise him right now in this situation. I'm getting ready to sing my song of joy in this filthy prison, surrounded by rats, surrounded by guards, surrounded by other prisoners. In my midnight hour, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. And he began to sing praises unto God. He began to sing praises beat up, running rats, people all around him, caught in jail, and he still had a praise. Let me tell you, the last three months, you might have been going through hell, but I got a word for you this morning. Don't let that enemy steal your song in your midnight hour when everybody else gave up on you, when it was your darkest. You ought to sing your song to the Lord.
It's not going to steal my song. It's not taking my praise and worship. Listen, I know we're, we're wrapping up here. So we'll get to the next part of what happened when they sang and they sang their praises. See, but go back to the Psalms 137, 1 through 4. When they went to Babylon, we know they wept and they hung up their harps. But what they do in first, the first verse, I believe it was the first verse, they sat down. But I remember Ephesians says, therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after all you have done, you just stand. Standing is a verb. Standing is a verb. It's an action. Sitting, giving up. And quitting. We need to stop sitting and crying, and we need to start standing and worshiping. You have to keep standing for what's right. You have to keep standing for what this book says. You have to keep standing on the word of God and his promises. Why? And what? You have to stand on what God has done for you. And when you feel like sitting down, I encourage you, when you've done all that you know to do, you just stand. When everything has come at you, sister, just stand. Brother, when everything and all hell is broke loose, just stand. When you've done everything you can, stand. Stand and worship the Lord. Don't trade in your harp for a handkerchief. The only person that comes to your pity party is the enemy. You need to stand. I'm going to stand because why? I know God's still on the throne. I'm going to stand why? Because I know how this thing ends. And I know what happens here at the end. And I know there is streets of gold. And there's walls of jasper. And there's a throne of judgment. And so when all, i got to put on the full armor so I can stand. You stand, why? Because you reign as kings in this life. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. You were chosen for this time right now. If God knew you couldn't make it in this time, he wouldn't have brought you into this world at this time. He would have brought you back then or brought you in the future. But he knew you could handle 2020 and 2021 and 2022. You didn't know if you could make it, but I'm here to tell you that God knew you were going to make it. That's why you're here. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are a bridge builder from earth to heaven for this time. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Musicians, you can come. See, when Paul and Silas sang their song, you know the story. The chains fell off, the doors opened, people were free. You know what we need in America right now? We need a church that won't stop singing the song because they're looking for us. They're looking for this. They're looking for this. 
Joy comes in the morning. Worship gets us through the night because a morning is coming. Weeping may endure for a night, and when it does, that's when you sing louder, like Miss the teacher said. Sing louder through the storm. Sing louder through the dark nights. Sing louder, weeping endures for the night. But the devil needs to know that my sorrow is coming to an end because I can just see a little light back there and joy. I see it for you way back there. I see a little light that joy is coming to your family. Joy is coming to your home. Joy is coming to your life. I see joy coming. The only thing that's going to get you through the night to a joyful morning is praise and worship. Even when I don't feel like it, worship. God, make this sermon, talk, notes, Make it more than words this morning. Let the atmosphere change here with our worship. See, before I was a piano player for the church, before I was a preacher, before I was anything, I was a praiser. See, there's something in my DNA passed down from grandma, grandpa, mom, dad. Something passed down inside of me that I can't help myself. I can't, I can't go too long without a song. I can't, I can't go too long without music and, and the worship and the praise. In my car, at the gym, I'm on the treadmill. I'm in the middle of the glory of God. I'm jogging, elliptical, whatever's going on and, and I don't even know who's around. Why? Because I'm a praiser. They can watch whatever they want to watch and do whatever. But I got a song. I got a song. And I can't help but sing. And if you do, you've got to praise him. Build that bridge. The only thing the Babylonians asked him to do was to what? sing their song. The world is asking us to sing our song. They said, sing the songs of Zion. Sing the songs of worship. You fill in the blank foreign land won't take my song my mistakes won't take my song my circumstances won't take my song my hurt won't take my song my bitterness won't take my song my depression won't take my song COVID won't take my song anxiety won't take my song the government won't take my song the enemy won't take my song my doctor's report won't take my song I had a job last week I don't have a job this week but it's not taking my song nothing will take my song you need to get us something to put in that blank and what won't take your song stand with me please please stand I'm sorry that was rude please stand in the presence of the Lord I apologize my 
passion becomes intense and then it's, it can be too intense. And I apologize. There was a young lady named Kelly Haddock and her husband, AJ, true story, they buckled their 14-week-year-old newborn into the car seat and they were coming home from grandma and grandpa's. They were crossing this, just crossing town a few miles. They were singing songs and she's a songwriter and a singer for church. While Kelly has no remembrance of these details, she does know that another car from the opposite direction, exceeding 100 miles an hour, hit the median and went airborne, landing directly on top of their car. It crushed their car roof within one inch of the baby Eli's car seat. Her first memory after the accident is staring at a gold cross like a movie, she said. She goes, when I came to, she said a woman who'd stopped to help was wearing a gold, gold necklace and was trying to help me get out of the car. Another stranger was holding the baby, which was now pale and completely limp. Kelly and the baby were life-flighted to a local hospital. It was only then she realized that her husband wasn't there. So she thought he must not have bad injuries and he was going by ambulance somewhere else. In the ER, however, her, the chaplain and her family brought the news that her husband had died instantly. She said, I don't even know where it came from, but just a whisper from my heart came out, said, God, you're good. Jesus, you're Lord. But that truth doesn't mask her pain. Her heart crushed. See, the baby had incurred traumatic brain injury, tr triggering multiple strokes and seizures, which deprived his brain of oxygen for minutes. They put him in, induced a, a coma in the PICU, PICU, and the baby had flatlined more than once. By the third evening, nurses urged Kelly to go home, shower, eat. They didn't give her a good report or prognosis. If Eli lived, he would never walk or talk or show emotion. She said she went home and everything just broke into a thousand pieces. The house, when she got home, was filled with family and friends from church. Kelly relayed the gut-wrenching news to them and to her pastor and the group and as the pastor was there, he asked the group to worship. And they began to worship 50 people in her house. They began to sing and speak positive in courses and worship and praise. The room filled with worship, though they never laid hands on Kelly or even prayed for Eli as a group or collectively. The presence of God was so powerful an hour later, she got a phone call and went back to the hospital. The nurse ran to her. They'd been looking all over for her, waiting for her to come back. Eli had woken up and had already drank four bottles. Not only that, when Kelly got to her baby, she immediately realized the one scar cut that was on his head was gone. Less than a week later, her little baby was discharged to go home. And she said, 10 years later, I look, and my boy's running, talking, walking, 
all from a time of worship. Because worship is your hedge of protection. Would you worship with us this morning? The altars are open. Don't hang your harp up today. In the middle of your storm, you need to sing louder. Sing louder. The altars are open. Worship will make a way. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.